are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things that are seen, what do you see? I tell you, you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. And I've not seen 10 minutes of the news in the last, 10, uh, in the last four weeks. I don't, see, I don't see all the news. My, my phone, it pops up. I don't, I don't know how to do social media. I've never been able to know how. I'm not gonna learn it. It's too depressing to hear about it. I hear about it every day. I don't want it. I don't wanna hear the latest uh, uh, fake reporter gossiping about another Christian and talking about it. I don't want that. I just, I've got enough. But I hear enough news because people tell me. And I, I hear it all the time and I hear what's going on and I get phone calls. These are a troublesome time. Look at verse number eight, chapter four. We are troubled on every side. Look at verse number nine. We're persecuted, forsaken, uh, cast down, but not destroyed. Uh, look what he says in verse 16. Uh, For which cause all these problems we faint not, though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed. Uh, look what he says in verse number 17. Our light affliction. Here was a man that was uh, facing troubles and we today face wars and rumors of wars. We face our heritage being torn down before our very eyes. Our monuments are being removed. Uh, They're talking about replacing the star spangled banner with can you imagine? My wife is staying at Mount Rushmore today and and there in that region, they're talking about, they said we want to explode uh, the faces of these presidents. We're we're watching politicians uh, praise people that are burning buildings and occupying someone's building and taking the TVs out and all the equipment out and they're saying they have that right. We've had politicians say you can't have church, but it is okay to protest. Well, we are protesting today, so this is legal. And I know we're under surveillance. And I know the rule is 25 people outside is what we can have. I know we're non-essential, but to God, we're still essential, and to Amendment 1, we're still essential. I need church. You can stay out of church if you want, but I'm going to church. Thank God for it. Thank God for the music today. It has helped me. The choir has helped me. That special has helped me. The girls singing here helped me. That solo helped me. This handkerchief is helping me today. Though it was not clean when he gave it to me. All these things that are in there, these different colors, I don't know what they all mean, but they're in there. I'll tell you that right now. I'm telling you something today. We are living in a day where our, our flag, and you're gonna see a lot of flags around here next week because it's July 4th and 5th, God and Country Sunday. And you'll see a lot of red, white, and blue. And we love the flag. 
and we love the military and we love the police and we don't want to defund or debunk them. We thank God for the police. If you don't like them, don't call them. Have a time. I'm living, I'm looking, I've been looking forward to this morning. Look at verse 18. But while we look not at the things that are seen, well, how can you help it? We do see it. We do see that which is around us. He says, don't make that your priority. Now jump to the latter part of the verse. The things that are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. Oh, that's what he's gonna preach about. Oh, no, because I skipped over the middle. This middle will help you so much. I know it will. But the things which are not seen. The things which are not seen. I wanna speak to you this morning about what many Christians are missing. We're missing the unseen things. I look every day for the unseen things. And God sends unseen things into my life it's a little thing maybe to you. I don't drive to church on Sunday, I walk. But today, I decided to bring a car. I brought my wife's car. It's in her stall. And as I almost got to church, I picked up Brother Bruce Kaufman, one of the most quiet men in our church. But it was unseen to him. God used him to help me from the park to right here. I'm looking for the unseen things. Uh, in my pocket this morning, I was I always come by my ready room and the last thing I do, I kneel and pray and pray for you preach, Brother Cooper. That's unseen. But it became seen to me today. These men do it all the time. Our staff do it. Our deacons do it. Our ushers do it. Sunday school teacher. The orchestra playing today. That song that you sang. Those all. I didn't know all that was good. But it's maybe unseen to you. But I'm looking for unseen things all day long. God's going to show something to me. And he shows me all the time. I want to say, how does he show me things? I don't want you to get this today because if you get this and live this way, instead of seeing all the anarchy and the rebellion and the crime and the rioting and the looting, you'll see some unseen things. I'll tell you where I find unseen things in the Bible, scriptures. I'm gonna use the letter S to keep it in the scriptures. I recall so many years ago, I was in the old study over there, Clyde Avenue, this must have been 40 years ago maybe 35 or 40, and I was reading in Genesis. I, I'm sure I was taught this in school. I had to be, but I was probably asleep. I read Genesis 1-1 that day over there. In the beginning, God created. Verse one, and I remembered the last verse in Genesis, Genesis 50, verse 26, in a coffin in Egypt. Now, I'm sure I was taught that somewhere. But to begin with life, the first verse, and the last verse, you end in death. And then look, it was all in between Genesis. Lying to God, rebellion against God, taking forbidden fruit, a son killing a brother, 
a brother, 10 of them, betraying one other brother and throwing them in the pit, incest, adultery, everything in between. And we have here life with such joy and we have death and people here are crying, but up in heaven, they're shouting, thank God he's come home. Oh, I tell you that, that scripture just, it was always there. But I saw it that day. I saw that day in 1976. It was about this time. I never wrote it down. It was either June or July. I want to say it was a morning. I didn't have an office. We had a baptistry room for the men on the side and one on the side over here for the ladies' auditorium, which seat about 70 people at that time. I was in my study. And I said, Lord, I'd been praying. I need a verse for our church. And God showed me an unseen verse. I'd studied it in scripture in class in college, but it came alive. It was unseen, and all of a sudden it became seen. There it was in Colossians 1.18. That in all things he might have the preeminence. 40 letters. I said, that's the verse. And we claimed that verse, it was unseen. Oh, you men know what I'm talking about. You preachers know, you're reading the Bible, all of a sudden it comes off the page and you think, Lord, where did that come from? It's always been there. I think of 25 years ago, about this time, I said, Lord, if you'll give me a verse for the college, God gave me 1 Corinthians 2, 2, that day I was reading. I said, that's it. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Our whole goal is one, one area, one vision, one goal, Jesus Christ. Because recall, right when I came here 40, almost five years ago, I never thought anybody asked me to sign their Bible. I always felt awkward with that, but sometimes people do that. I, I said, Lord, I want a verse for my people. I've never signed this verse in people's Bibles. I've traveled this country for 40 some years, every Monday and Tuesday, generally. And I never signed it to them. It's, it's our verse, it's our church verse, and it's, it, it's, it's for our people, our college students, 3 John 4. I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. I want you to know that verse was always there. I never saw it. I cling to the unseen things. Thank God for that. I think about Exodus 14, a chapter that changed my life. Many years ago, I felt so trapped. Everything in my life and my ministry, I just felt so trapped. There was no way out. And I got to Exodus 14, and the Israelites were fleeing, and all of a sudden the water was in front of them, and the Egyptians were behind them, and they could not go to the left or the right or forward. They were just trapped, and God said, three, two, one, three words, fear ye not. Two words, stand still. One word, see. That message I preached all over this country because it's a help, and God showed me something unseen. I'd read it before, and all of a sudden God said, hey, Jack, I want to give you something today. Fear ye not, 365 times in the Bible. Don't fear, son, stand still. But I want to do something. That's, I'm a German. My name, Trevor, means driver, pusher. God says, I don't want you to push. I want you to stand still and see what I can do. You know, I recall that day that I saw so many churches changing. In Genesis 32, God gave to me Moses up on the mount, and he's getting the, the tablets, the commandments from God to bring down, and heard some noise, and he went down there, and he saw that in such a brief time, they corrupted himself. You be careful. 
after my departure, when God takes me home to be with him, you be very careful that you don't change this church and what it's been doing for these 45 years. Don't get some whippersnapper in here saying, we're getting rid of the pulpit. We'll put a little plastic lectern up here and we're getting rid of the choir and we're getting rid of the orchestra. We're bringing a dance band in here and this is not gonna be church anymore. It'll be a nightclub. God brought Moses down from that mountain in Genesis 32 and they had changed in a short time their, their music. They're making noise. Not only did they stay with hymns and songs and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. They changed their music, they changed their dress, they became naked, and they changed their worship to God. That was always there, but I remember the day God gave that to me. The scriptures there, you, you get in this book, you'll see things you say, it's always been there. It's always been there, but I never saw it like that before. I was in Leviticus 14. God showed me the destruction of the home through leprosy. And he showed me four things in there which you're gonna have to deal with our home. And sometimes you just have to smash the whole thing and with your children and your wife, start all over again and get things right. You could do that on an altar. Our pride, our arrogancy. In the old building one day, this had to be 35 years ago. I recall dealing with something and Brother Fred Sly said to me, well, you know, Pastor, without me, you can do nothing. I said, I know where that's at, but I don't. Where's that at? He goes, John 15, five. I have quoted John 15, five since that day so many times in my life. Lord, without you, I can do nothing. Brother Tim, my son, he's preaching in Phoenix area this morning where he pastors. Brother Tim said, well, Dad, Dad, you know you know, and we were talking about situations of life and there's so much gloom and doom. This was years ago. And he said, Dad, you know why? Because in thy presence, God's presence is fullness of joy. I said, hey, Tim, where is that? It's, it's Psalm 1611. He said, until we get in the presence of God, we'll have no joy. I've seen that verse, I've quoted that verse, I've preached that verse, but the way he said it, it was always unseen to that day. It became seen to me. I'm saying this week, would you look to the scriptures? This had to happen 40 years ago. I recall I was reading through Philippians, my favorite New Testament book, 104 verses, four chapters. The, the theme is joy. He's in a prison cell, joy 18 times, joy, rejoice. And I was reading over there, a claiming, uh, claiming, Chapter four, verse 13, my God shall supply all your need. God, you're gonna supply it. And I remember, I read just something else earlier than that about wants. God's gonna supply my needs. Chapter two, Epaphroditus supplied my wants. I have many wants that are not needs. But I purposed on that day, if my wife ever had a want, and if I was capable of meeting the want, it may not be a need. She's never been an a elaborate lady and desiring exotic things and exotic travel and exotic trips and exotic, uh, uh, exotic clothing. And I said, if she ever has a want by your grace, I'm gonna meet it. I said, God, if our children ever have a want, 
And if it's not gonna hurt them or spoil them or ruin their life, and if it's something that mother and I can meet together, I wanna meet, gotta meet their needs, I wanna meet the wants. I purpose that with our church. I said, Lord, if I can help them in their needs, God, God, you'll help them in needs, I'll help them with their wants. We tried to give you schools and we tried to give you youth groups and we tried to give you all the events of life that your kids need and want and desire. And I want you to know, we tried to give all these schools four graduations. That was a want they needed. We felt like they needed it. We felt like God made an opportunity for us. I'm saying things that you'll say, you'll, unseen things you'll see in this book. I love the old Bible, the precious, this old book. D.L. Moody said, we'll keep you from sin. Our sin will keep you from this book. I look for the unseen things. I'm not looking for the things that are seen. I'm looking for the unseen things in the scripture. I'm looking for the unseen things. The unseen things in a still, small voice. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. He walks with me. He talks with me. I've never seen him. I don't know what Jesus looks like. And no artist could ever paint the picture of what he looks like. Oh, I want to see him. I want to look upon his face. And there to sing forever of his saving grace. But meanwhile, I still want to know who he is. And I want to walk with him. I don't want to talk to him. And I want to get out. I get up early every morning and I try to walk with the king, hallelujah. I walk with the king, praise his name. I want to listen to that still small voice. I want to listen to that still voice. Oh, every day, every day, every day it happens. I know you probably think I'm a wealthy pastor after all these years here. And the church has been so good to us, but we don't have investments. We don't have properties. We don't have cabins. We don't have boats. We don't have RVs. We don't, my savings account is large, I think $100. We don't have anything stuffed anywhere. We are living from day to day. It was an unusual thing. Pay, payday came last month, June 1st. I looked at my checkbook balance, and it said zero, 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 zero. Our goal is not to get rich off God's people. And you've taken care of us so well. Everything I have, Amen. the clothes that I have, yes. the house we live in, God's people give me a salary. I, please, I'm not talking about anything. But I want you to know when God speaks to me in that still small voice, I had a taxi cab driver take me to the airport and had to get up. They had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and pick me up at 3.45 and drive about an hour to the airport. And the taxi driver said that would be $60. I'm not rich. Well, I thought, bless this dear person's heart. They've been suffering through COVID, trying to keep their business going. I gave them $100. He said, you got that kind of money? No. No, but I'm glad late tomorrow night when I fly back in, they want to come pick me up again. I got to witness to them, give the gospel. No, I'm not rich. 
in these days has shut down everywhere I go. I snuck into a lights off barbershop twice. I need to go again or else I'm gonna start curling my hair in the back. I'm kind of liking it, I'm looking cool with more hair. I'm gonna grow it and then just weave it around up here. I sneak into this barber shop. He said, Can keep the lights off. The police keep coming by. Say, oh, someone's watching. I know you're, you're, you're watching now. I know, I know. He's breaking the law. Don't get me started. <laughs> Getting a haircut's breaking the law? Next thing you'll know, brushing your teeth is bad for you. Pretty hard through a mask. That's still, everywhere I go, I've been tipping good. I don't have a lot of money. I think my people continue to pay me. In 17 weeks, you've never missed a paycheck. I've, we've raised our tithe. We, we've increased it. We're trying to do more than we can right now. But, but I want you to know, there are some people, that poor barber, he said, I, I came to America 42 years ago from a communist country, and this feels like when I left, it feels, it feels bad. I don't like it, Pastor. I don't like it. And it was fearful, it was shaking. That's why, that's why I had this big spot up here now. I've been there twice. Have you just sensed that small voice speaking to you? I tell you, the unseen scriptures, the unseen small still the unseen smile. What are you talking about? Right there, that right there, what you're doing right there. See, God just sent that smile and nodding his head. During this, I'm not being able, we've had seven, I think seven or eight deaths. We've only had one funeral, can't have a funeral. Weddings that have to have been postponed, they have not, they've not offered licenses and now, now they're coming along, we're having weddings. Ay, 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 ay. Put it off for a couple more years, kids. Just no big deal. Come on, just, just slow down here. And I'm loving them. I'm loving these weddings. They're so special. But I'm not being able to go see. We've had so many babies born in our church. Last 17 weeks, haven't been able to go see one. They won't let me in the hospital. Won't let us in the jails. Won't let us anywhere. And a young couple called and said, we want to come by the house. We want to show you our baby. And they pulled up and we're getting ready to leave and we met him out there. The husband always has a bright smile. He got saved here. Just smiles all the time. The beautiful mother, I held her the day she was born. And now her baby's there. And we prayed together, my wife and I with them. And you're gonna think this is wrong. That girl's just been a perfect girl all the way up through childhood, all the way up. And a godly Christian. And God gave a baby. We got all done, we took a picture. And she looked at my wife and I. I think she looked more at me than my wife. And, and, and she smiled. And she winked. that little wink and that day it was appropriate my wife's standing there don't, don't get all 
haywire, you weirdos. If you're thinking anything ill. She winked at me. She probably was winking at my wife, but I took it she was winking at me. That little wink of that pretty little sweet mother that I held so many years ago, that little wink was an unseen thing to her, but it's so seen to me. I want you to know your smile. That's why I'm having a hard time with these masks. Because I don't know what you said. I'm, I'm not saying you can't have them. Many of you have them on in here tonight, today. That's wonderful. Please wear them. Please. And some of you need to. And some of our many members are still staying away. You're at home. I understand. Please. I told you that from the beginning. When you feel right, you come. I told some people today on the phone this week with people. I said, can't come to church. Even late in the last night, I said, we'll be there. I said, no. I, you need to. I had major surgery this week. You need to stay home and rest. Oh, you're not bad for, I tell you what, I was in Dallas airport this week. Got a flight and stopped by there and they came here. At our airport here, everything's gated up, everything's locked up, chained up, and you walk around. And I don't know if people are smiling or mad or angry. I don't know what's going on. God gave us a face. And that little wink and that little smile. Mother, you looking at the precious little baby and something unseen, but maybe 30 years from now. So I remember my mother, I was a six-year-old boy and tucked me in a bed at night and she didn't know, but she smiled at me and I'm holding that to this day. The unseen thing. Look at, keep looking for those unseen things in the scriptures. Keep looking for those unseen things with a small voice. Keep looking through the unseen things with a smile. God sent my son And he called me again. He calls me so often. And I say, Dad, about two weeks ago, Dad, I've got these several things I want to talk to you about. What would you do with this situation? And Dad, what would you do with this? You know what God was doing? He sent me something that that boy could never see, but it made this old man's heart so joyful. An unseen thing. Keep looking for unseen things in the scripture, in a small voice, in a smile, in a son or daughter or child or wife or husband. How about in a song? I didn't know, I always know what the songs are. They put the title, but I didn't know what you're gonna sing. Oh, I tell you what, I needed that one this morning. It was unseen this morning, but God revealed it. Lord, I didn't know the title of that song that you had on this card here. Oh, but when you sang it, I'm having the hardest time since we got back to church. It was the only thing good about 12 weeks preaching in this auditorium that was empty. I got loose, man. I'd run around here. I had no idea what running around the auditorium when someone's singing. They'd come up to sing, and I'd get running around. I'd walk all this auditorium. I, I can remember many times they're singing, and I'm falling on my, on my knees back there. Oh, God, thank you. Praise God. God got over it. I don't want to stuff the old church. I'm not going out dead. I, I got closer. I'm trying to be dignified this morning. I got up to about right here. Oh, sit down, Jack. Don't make a fool out of yourself. My wife says, can't you ever, she, what is it? I, 
She says, I have AD, what is it? You don't know. AD, 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 HD, whatever it is. She said, you can't sit still. You're nervous. Man, the choir singing. I'm just bouncing my feet and clapping my hands and having a time. Hey, get a dead guy next time, but I'm alive. I thank God for that. And God uses music, a song. Oh, I love KMBBC. Last night I went to bed, I was playing that music. Brother Moyer, thank you, God bless you. That good, good music. You see, sometimes what exactly you need, you're going through a storm and they sing it. There's a song. There is an unseen hand to me that leads in ways I cannot see while going through this world of woe. Oh, I love that song. His hand still leads where'er I go. I'm holding to that unseen. I'm not holding to Fox News, CNN, MBS, whatever it is. I don't know what they all are. I'm not holding to that. But I'm holding to that unseen hand that guides me through this weary land. At some sweet day, I'll reach that shore, still holding to that unseen hand. I think of that great song. It was written, I think, with, with uh, Abraham in mind from Hebrews, where he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith, I can see it afar, for the Father waits over the way to prepare me a dwelling place there in the sweet by and by. Last song we sang with my dad. I've got it on tape. We shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by. Oh, I can see that land. I don't know, I don't know about death, how it all happens, but I've been at so many rooms where someone's passing away in these 45 years here at this church, almost 45, and they're passing away. And, and sometimes I'll say to the family, I don't know, but I believe they're seeing something right now. I'm not trying to hype them up, but it's been too, too, too amazing to watch the calm sometimes of those last moments, the last hour as they're waiting to move on the other side. And I know Moody said, I see heaven descending. I see it. I can see it. I don't know all about death and what people can see and cannot see. I don't believe that you can die and go to heaven and come back and say, yeah, here's a story I've got to tell. Once to die and after this, the judgment. But I do know this, that these songs, these songs look for a city. Where we'll never die. I'm looking. And I'm looking for songs all the time. I'm looking for songs all the time. I've got my ear open. I'm trying to listen to every word. You sang holy, holy, holy this morning. I tell you what, I'm graduating every key like you did there. Instrumentals and orchestra and choir and Brother Martinez and everyone. It was so amazing. Holy, holy, holy. I came unglued with that. I needed that this morning. I needed that this morning. It was unseen. I, I prayed over that song this morning again. I thought about it this morning. 
But I'll tell you what, God will always give you a song. Sometimes you go through struggles, it's so hard to bear. But God will give you a song. I have so many more points. Normally it's three points in a poem and we're done. I'll see these quickly. I'm looking for someone's supplication. A supplication is praying on behalf of another. Brother Moyer will know this is true. Months ago, months ago, we moved prayer meeting Saturday night. It's grown so much. We're up here with the man at 8 o'clock Saturday night. And on July 4th, we'll have it. If, you don't, if you've got family things going on, that's okay. It used to be downstairs in this auditorium. It seats about 220-some. We had prayer with the men. We had, then, then, then the men continued to pray, and I would always go to three-minute live Saturday night broadcast in the radio room down there, finish it up, and then I'd come back. Brother Moore and I keep praying. He'd pray, I'd pray. We, I don't think we prayed together. That night, after a little while, everybody's gone. Brother Moore was there, this row, and then I was over here in this row, and we heard a man praying. I love hearing Brother Yaka pray. I love hearing it. That night it wasn't Brother Yaka. I heard this man, oh, dear God. And it's weeping, oh, dear God. We're so desperately, in. and he prayed. And I did not say anything. Brother Moore was several rows back, and I, but I sensed that he just stayed to hear the supplication of a man of God. And I finished praying. I couldn't pray anymore. I just had to hear him. He was praying with somebody else. He just kept weeping before God and poured out his heart before God. And went a minute and went two and five and ten or whatever. They'd been praying for a while. I just kept listening. Said, Lord, I'm not praying. I'm just listening. God sent Brother Poussin that night as I heard him pray. It was a supplication. It was an unseen thing to him. He never knew it till right now. He never knew it. But God, God was using him. Are you looking for the unseen things? It may be a song. It may be, it may be the supplication. It may be your son, your daughter, a smile. It may be a still small voice. It may be the scripture. It may be the spirit of God. I've never really enjoyed page 234. I don't I was a music director before I came here. It was a hard song to lead. And it was a hard song because you end on an on an E flat. It's pretty high. And you never could get a powerful ending on, I know not why God's wondrous grace. But one morning during COVID, God gave me that song. The Spirit of God prompted me. I know the Spirit of God prompted me. And I took my psalm book that's right there and I turned around on my desk and grabbed it and I began to read page 234. And then that night, it was on the cue card to sing that night. And I tell you, that song became so, so special to me. I, I heard it on our, I heard the, I've heard it sung since then. But I like that third sound. I know not how the Spirit moves, convincing men of sin. I don't know how He's moving today. I don't know if you're going to get saved today. I don't know what God's doing. It's unseen to me. I don't know if God's going to use you to use this altar because you're missing the unseen things. I'm out of time. I preached too long. I just looked at the clock. Oh, my goodness, forgive me. Revealing through his precious word, creating peace within. I'll tell you this. I'll just summarize it. Number eight, God sends the unseen 
the unseen servants, his angels. My Bible says in Hebrews chapter one, they're ministering spirits. I, I don't know who are angels, but God says they're angels that minister to us. I've seen it at the death of a loved one. I've seen it. I've not seen the person. I've seen the, I, 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 my wife and I, we avoided a couple of car accidents in our life and I said, a, a, a guardian angel just protected us. Number eight, number nine. I don't like the word sermons. I don't like them. Someone said, that was a good sermon. I want to get a message. But for the letter S, I'll give you number nine, sermons. These men preach and other men in our church, they preach. I don't preach on Wednesday nights and I'm here with my wife in that row and I'm the first one down the aisle. Sometimes you guys ever see this happen? Sometimes it might be even me preaching. You say, hey, God gave me a message while you're preaching tonight. I get it all the time when you men preach. God give me a thought. I say, I need to work on that. I'll write it down. I need to work on it. I don't believe we come to church without God giving us a sermon, a message. And then number 10, a spoken word from a friend. You know, I live every day looking for the unseen. I do. Sometimes it's one of these guys jabbing me, making fun of me. And that causes some of you consternation. Don't let it. I've got to have some laughter in my life too. I love it. I love it that we feel close enough that they can jab me once in a while because I also know they love me so very much. And I love them. Don't let that ever bother you. I know that I'm looking for a, a note, just a note. I'm knowing, I'm looking for just a word. Some would say, Pastor, God help me today. You see, you're so weak, I know I am. I'm not asking to be, unless you're wealthy, I am looking for millions of dollars. Give it to me first, then give it to the church second. I'm not looking for anything out of you. But I'm looking for God to send me every day of my life unseen things. I wish I preached this this morning again to myself. I just preached the high tea in my house this morning. It was on. I mean, I was having a revival. I hope God would use it like he did then. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.